welcome to episode number 23 of the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and let me tell you that today's show is actually going to be a shorter one. Last week, we talked to Larry Grant, a former 49er linebacker, about Patrick Willis, the failed Super Bowl dynasty of the Harbaugh's, and we also talked about uh, this current team, Fred Warner, George Kittle, but today, I just want to simply talk about the 49ers. Not the future, not the past. Right now. Who are the San Francisco 49ers right now? And currently the 49ers are a 5-6 and six football team coming off a 23-20 victory over the Los Angeles Rams in LA. Uh, I was driving actually to Southern California while this game was happening. My girlfriend was with me. Uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving together. Yes, we were safe of course. Um... But I, I couldn't watch the game. It sucked. So I, I've been having to go back and, and look at tape and look at highlights and trying to find a place to rewatch it. And um, it seemed just kind of a really sloppy game uh, for the Rams. Obviously, Javon Kinlaw, a pick six. Uh, DeForest Buckner's never done that. So maybe Kinlaw's better than Buckner now, I guess. Um, probably not. Um, but the game ultimately was something that I can look at and say, okay, the Niners are finding the groove here. Mostert's back, Ayuk will be back this week, Samuel's back, um, Sherman's back, a bunch of guys are back. And it's hard because we've, I've said this multiple times, that you have to just survive. This season, knowing what it is, you have to just survive. And, and that's really what it's been for this team so far this year, is that they've been trying to survive. With Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, uh, I heard Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the injuries that have accumulated over the season the most in the NFL, or at least top two in the NFL, uh, has been just survive. Just get us to week eight, get us to week 12, get us to week 14. And they've done that. And now we're seeing what that survival mode has got us to, where it's now every single game is a playoff game. Uh, Raheem Moster is on 957 the game today, Demon Ryan on Kolsky. And he talked about you know, every single game we play is a must-win from here on out. And this Monday, they have their toughest game of the season, or the toughest game to finish out the year, in my opinion. Because... That week 17 game against Seattle, depending on where they're at, they could be resting their starters. Uh, Arizona, again, depending on where they're at, uh, they could already have a wild uh, card spot secured. Uh, it also depends on how well we play and how well the Rams play. Um, but the Niners right now are in a very interesting position because, like I've already said, they are in a win now. Every game is a must-win game. And that's not a bad place to be because... We've seen when the odds are stacked against us. We've seen when this team is pushed against or pushed uh, their back against the wall that they somehow find a way to squeak it out. They, whether it's a game-winning field goal against the Saints last year uh, or winning in Seattle Week 17 or even this past Sunday against the Rams, game-winning field goal, Robbie Gold. Like, the defense has showed up consistently. Now they're getting the offensive guys back, Ayuk and Samuel and Moster and hopefully Kittle and hopefully Garoppolo to end the season against Arizona and Seattle. Like like they the Niners are in a position where if they run this gauntlet and they beat the Bills or even if they lose to Buffalo and they beat Dallas, they should. They beat Washington, they should. They'll play a tough game against the Cardinals. Cardinals have kind of taken a step back. 
although they are still a contender, uh, that, that's a winnable game, but still a tough game, divisional opponent. Then Seattle, who, like I already said, could be resting their opponents. Like, this season is by far not over. And as my voice cracks into the microphone, uh, before we get into Buffalo and everything, I want to give thanks. Um, you know, Thanksgiving this past week, uh, I guess a week ago from, well, I guess whenever you're listening, a week ago from recording this on Thursday night, um, one, I turned 24. I'm very young, <laughs> so I'm very thankful, uh, very thankful for 24 years of life. Very thankful to my family, my friends, my girlfriend, uh, and actually all of you guys out there. Like, COVID has been a pain in the butt. We all know it. And, and I was looking for something to kind of keep me busy. And I can say this wholeheartedly that I am very thankful for this podcast. I'm very thankful for uh, the, the, the the listeners and, and thankful for the fans and those who follow me on Twitter and Instagram that we built something that I had never really thought about that was going to happen. Um, you know, I had, I, I had other sports podcasts in the past and they were never this successful. Um, I, I've consistently seen... Uh, the, the views rise and rise and rise, and and we've gone through this 2020 season together. So I want to tell all the people listening, whether you're in your car, at your house, if you're 90 years old or you're 10 years old, I am extremely thankful for you, and I am thankful for this team, this community, uh, and what this awful year of 2020 has brought something very beautiful uh, out of it, at least for myself. And I hope for you guys, too, that you guys, when you hear these podcasts, uh, you listen and you learn. I hope they're educational. I hope they're funny. Uh, I hope you disagree with me. I hope you agree with me. Uh, like, this has really been a, an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. And we're still growing and still very small. And I really cannot wait for the next stage uh, of where the Ford Manor Access podcast goes. Um, so thank you guys. Like from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much. Like I, I would, I, I don't know where I'd be uh, during a COVID year. Without you guys, instead of sitting in my bed or going to work every single day, I get to talk 49ers with you, and it's awesome. Um, but but besides all that stuff, uh, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're with your family, hope you were safe. Uh, I, I hope it was awesome for you guys. Hope you stuck your faces and everything. But uh, we have a football game on Monday night, and the Niners are coming into it 5-6. and six. One game under 500. It seems like every single week we're saying that then we lose a game and then we go, okay, now we're two games back. And, like, they're still in it, kind of, they're holding on by by their fingertips and they're clawing their way back. But the way, the the place they're at kind of seems like they are technically back. Everything just still kind of hinges on which Nick Mullins we're going to see. And that's kind of where I want to start here because they are playing the 8-3 and three Buffalo Bills who in my opinion, are a very good team who are, are winning the AFC East kind of by default because the Patriots aren't very good. Uh, the Dolphins are a fine team. Like, they kicked our butt, but they're not. They're nothing special. They're a team who's a year or two away still. Give them one or two more drafts, and they'll have a, a lot of talent on the roster around Tua, uh, and, and they'll have the team built for Brian Flores, who is a fantastic coach, uh, to kind of run or, or, or co-run the AFC East with Buffalo. And then the Jets are awful. We already know that. Um, but the, they, they're winning the AFC East by default. And does it mean they haven't beat good teams? Because they have. But they've also lost to bad teams. 
and it makes you question who are the Bills. And when I see the Bills, I see a team who has a phenomenal defense, but just like San Francisco, they have a quarterback who isn't bad. I think he's really good. I really do like Josh Allen, but he's there are times when you watch him play and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> like where is the Josh Allen we saw who was throwing uh, like 17 touchdowns in his first four games? Oh, now he has one touchdown, two picks, and he's running for 130 yards because he can't pass the ball today. Like, and uh, this Niners team, who has a phenomenal pass defense, they got Sherman back. Jimmy Ward had the highest PFF rating over nine, I think it was 91 something. Uh, it, it was the highest of any safety in two years. He was playing in the box. He was playing Jukwiski Tart's position. Tavarius Moore was playing free safety. Sherman played some free safety. I want to see a lot more of that. Um, but getting back to to why I think San Francisco does have a chance is because of Josh Allen's inconsistencies, and Buffalo really can't run the ball. Now, if you're asking me, what is something Robert Sala is really good at? Especially this year. It is stopping the run and uh, keying in on inconsistent quarterbacks. Now, you're going to look at this and go, well, Josh Allen is mobile, and that is the only kickback, is that the Niners are have really never played well against mobile quarterbacks. And yes, that is going to be a problem. Yes, that is going to be an issue. Yes, Josh Allen, at some point in, on the game on Monday, will beat San Francisco with his feet. But if you're Robert Sala like you should have been since last year, going into this year, and he hasn't always done this, despite how great of a job he's done, you have to make guys like that, who, quarterbacks who are usually mobile, a Kyler Murray, a Russell Wilson, who do have phenomenal arm strength, they can't always beat you with their arm consistently. Yes, Russ can do that. My point was more so to Murray. Uh, like, like A guy like Josh Allen, because he's inconsistent, if you force him to beat you with his arm, yes, he will beat you with deep throws. Yes, he has Stefan Diggs. Yes, he has John Brown. Yes, he has Cole Beasley. He has weapons. But the thing is, if <laughs> if you make him have to beat you with his arm, he's still inconsistent enough to where you can say, we can key in on this and keep the play in front of us. Don't let him get out of the box and scramble and get five, six, seven yards, extend a play. He's going to do it once in a while. But if, but if you can keep the inconsistencies at bay for San Francisco and say, look, we see them, we're going to exploit them. We have our number one cornerback, Verrett, who's playing like a number one corner, Mosley in the slot. You have Moore, who's a ball hawk. You have Ward, who played phenomenal last week in the slot. You have the best linebacker in the NFL. Greenlaw, who's a phenomenal coverage linebacker, and you have a defensive line with Javon Kinlaw, who was getting his, he's kind of getting his swag, still on himself, like he's starting to gain confidence, starting to skew that number 13 pick potential. Like we're seeing things grow where the Niners are feeling themselves, they have the confidence at the right time. And I think, I'm not going to say they're going to win, but what I will say is, is that if you're looking for a game that the Niners probably shouldn't win, this is the one they could win. This is the one where I go, okay, it makes sense as to 
how they won or why they won. This game could be 31-24, could be 26-24, could be 27-23, could be 27-20 for all I care. It, it could be 16-10. But this is a game where I can say if the Niners can run the ball effectively with Raheem Oster, Jeff Wilson Jr., hopefully Tevin Coleman's back, that's a possibility. Uh, and of course you have McKinnon still. Uh, and they can you know, keep the ball rolling, and they can play effective defense and exploit Josh Allen's inconsistencies through the air. Like, make him beat you over the top. Let him try. His deep ball is not that accurate. If you have to put Tavarius Moore standing 30 yards back, do it. Like, yes, yes, speed guys, Brown, and yes, I'm going to say this, Sherman's old, but he's playing great. His first game back, he has a pick. Like, he knows how to read the field. And if you have to give him some help, give him some help. This game is winnable. This game, you have to win. (laughs) Like, this is a game where you pull out every single stop you can because you don't have the opportunity to sit back and say, we'll get it next time. And if I know Robert Sala and I know Kyle Shanahan, they, they have the killer instinct on. They have... You know, the, the, the mob of mentality right now that, hey, we're going to go in there, we're going to go to Buffalo, and, you know, pardon my friends, we're going to kick their ass. Like, that's, that's what they're going to say. And, and, and that's the mentality going in. Because, and trust me, I haven't lost focus of my main point here in Nick Mullins. If the Niners can run the ball effectively and play good enough defense to exploit Josh Allen's inconsistencies, which I think they can, This game rides on Nick Mullins, but it doesn't ride on Nick Mullins in the way you think. It's not like he has to have 500 yards and four touchdowns. It rides on, can you give us 200 plus yards, 250 yards, and a touchdown, and don't turn the ball over? Like Brian Westbrook said during the Philadelphia game, or prior to it, turnovers are the biggest key here. If the Niners don't turn the ball over, they're going to win. Now... Look at how the game turned out. Mullins turned the ball over, and they lost. All we're asking for as Niner fans, all we should expect from Mullins as Niner fans is, hey, don't turn the ball over, and we'll be okay. We'll win the game. Because we have one of the best offensive minds in the NFL calling plays, who, yes, I know I have harped on all season. I will continue to do so when it is deserved. But last week, I'm going to lay off. Because the last two weeks have been a whirlwind of just crap for San Francisco. And Kyle Shanahan deserves credit for keeping this team, you know, keeping their mindset correct and right. And going into LA and winning a game they had to win. And I think going into Buffalo, they have a really good chance of doing the same thing. Because, again, they don't need... They don't need the Mahomes game from Mullins. Just like if Garoppolo was there. They wouldn't need the Mahomes game from Garoppolo. And I'm not comparing Garoppolo to Mullins. I'm never going to do that. It's disgusting. It's a bad conversation. But my point is, is that the Niners in their system have never needed, in this Kyle Shanahan system, a quarterback to be the number one player. To be the X Factor. To be the guy who isn't Mahomes or Wilson. They just need you to throw 250 yards and a touchdown and don't turn the ball over. That is when Garoppolo is successful. That's when Mullins is successful. Like, look at the Dolphins game. If they don't turn the ball over, 
Now, they might still lose because Brian Allen's playing DB, but that game is a lot closer than it actually is. Like, that game it looks a little different. Now, how different? I have no idea. It could be still a 20-point game, but you could have 20 points on the board and then have 40 still. Like, it just My point more so is that the game plan for Nick Mullins is keep it simple, stupid. You know, it, it, or, 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 you know, whatever, whatever the saying is. Like, this isn't hard. Now, the Bills' defense is one of the tops in the NFL. They have really good corners. But I do think that, again, with Mostert and Wilson, maybe even Coleman back, McKinnon, like, they can do something. And, again, for Nick Mullins, keep it simple, stupid. Keep it stupid, simple. Whatever the saying is. Like, this is not hard. Like, yes, it's NFL defense, yes, but Nick Mullins does not have this game riding on his back. This game is on Robert Sala. And I'll put it bluntly, that if they lose this game and Nick Mullins has two interceptions, and I go, I go, okay, that makes sense, right? Like, that's, he wasn't good, okay. But if Nick Mullins is good and has 250 yards and one touchdown and no interceptions, no fumbles, I can go, okay, what else was the problem? Because, and, that, and that's kind of the exact same thing I have with Jimmy Garoppolo is, is that, like, he's not asked to do a lot, nor... Does he need to because of Shanahan's system and the defense they have? Like, if Mullins has you know, 250 yards and one touchdown, my my eyes direct to, okay, who else was the issue? Because it obviously wasn't you. You did your job. Now, could you have done more? Yeah, maybe. that. Now, that's a different you know, type of conversation. But my, my eyes direct to who else was the issue? Who, who missed the coverage? Who wasn't covering their man? Was the run game successful? Because Mullins did what he was supposed to do, and you didn't. You know, it's like playing basketball, or even playing, you can keep it in football. You know, if you blow coverage, I'm not going to point to the defensive line, because they did their job. That's somebody else's fault. And so again, Nick Mullins, keep it simple, stupid. Now we have to talk about this unfortunate news that we are no longer the Santa Clara... 49ers the San Francisco 49ers we are the San Francisco of Arizona 49ers we are the 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 San Francisco of Phoenix 49ers whatever you want to call it now I'm not going to get into COVID and all that stuff I don't want to talk about it I, I don't want to talk about politics that's not what this is about but Santa Clara are you serious come on the Warriors can play the Warriors, I will work for 957 the game. The, they are the Warriors flagship station. A contact sport in the city of San Francisco at the Chase Center. They'll be playing three preseason games. And they'll be playing on Christmas. And they're playing on the 22nd of December against the Nets. A contact sport in the city of San Francisco. I get it. Two different counties. I I understand. I understand the concern. I'm not belittling it. But if the Warriors can suit up and openly sweat arm to arm, cheek to cheek, genitalia to genitalia, why can't <laughs> Trent Williams guard an opposing team's defensive end? Why can't Richard Sherman guard Stefan Diggs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, ah, God. It's frustrating. And. 
honestly, it more so goes to out like what more could go wrong? And I know we've been saying that the entire time this season of Bosa's hurt, Thomas is hurt, Garoppolo's hurt, most hurt, the entire team's out, and we're losing games left and right. We don't know what's going on. Any happy note turns into four bad notes and every positive is seven negatives and we're like what the heck is going on to quote the John Gruden what the hell is going on like you know it's just one of these things where you're sitting back and you're saying I give up and I forgot who said it on Twitter they were like uh, is Mike Garofolo was like wins and COVID affected the the Rams and someone responded we don't even have a home <laughs> like like, these guys can't even see their families during December for the next three weeks because they're going to be on the road, but also because Santa Clara won't let them play. And it's frustrating, and, and I commend Kyle Shanahan for what he did of saying, pretty much promising his players, we're going to make sure you see your family. Because that's more important than football. You being with your family in a year like this at a time of the year when we need our families more than ever. Like, my mom is visiting family in Oklahoma right now, and I'm saying, come back. <laughs> like, like th- this is the time, especially in a year like 2020, with everything going on. And added on to a team that has had literally the worst year in their entire existence, not due to record, but due to circumstance on the field. Like, circumstances out of their control... They need to see their families. So, Kyle Shanahan, I commend you for what you've done. Santa Clara, uh, I don't know. Just get your crap together. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Like, you got to do better than this. We have to do better than this. Look, wear your mask. Be smart. Uh, you know, uh, you know, COVID is COVID. It's a real thing. It exists. It, you know, it, I don't know. Like, just be safe, guys. Be smart. You know what to do doing it for eight months now it seems like it's a, you know the new normal which I hate that term but you know it, it just I want I think what what's really upsetting more than anything and I'm, I'm I'm gonna vent here for a little bit is that in a year like this that has been crazy and frustrating no matter which side of the aisle you land on it has been demoralizing and frustrating and you want to go outside like I miss the movies I I don't know about you guys, but I love movies. I love me and my parents and my brother and, you know, my friends and my girlfriend. We would go to the movies all the time. And I miss that because that was something that I longed to do every single Friday or, you know, like the last movie I saw, I'm pretty sure, well, I saw Freaky or I saw Freaky last week in the drive-in, but in in the theater, I think the last movie I saw was Sonic. (laughs) Like, like... My point more so is I'll go see anything, really. And I miss that. And I, and I know you guys miss that too. I know you guys miss normal, you know, American life. And I think that's what's even more frustrating here is that this Niners team that has had all hell break loose for them and they've already got to experience 2020 and their own, you know, circumstances and their own experience, they don't even now get to experience what the majority of us are relying on to get us through the end of the year, to see our families, to, you know, have pie and share a cup of coffee at home while being safe with your loved ones who you can celebrate the end of the year and go, I can't, I'm so happy to be with you. And and I can't wait for this year to be over 
because 2021, which could bring more of the same for all we know, um, I, I just need you to pick me up. I need you to be there for me. And, you know, I think as faithful, we have to come together. We have to sit back and say, look, like, this team needs us now more than ever. This team needs our thoughts and our prayers and our encouragement. Like, I know they miss us because I know we miss them. And, you know, it's really expensive to go to a Niner game, and I haven't been in a long time. I think the last game I've been to was 2007 Giants and Niners. Cody Pickett was a quarterback. <laughs> so it's been a long time um, just because of money issues. But, but again, like, they need us, and we're the faithful. Like, we have to be there for our guys. We have to be there for Sala and Shanahan and Mullins and Garoppolo and Kittle and all these guys who have been through hell for, for six months. To show them, hey, look, we've been through hell too, but we're going to go through it together. And hope that on the other end of the bridge, we're going to be okay. And so guys, again, this podcast is very short compared to what we usually do. And I don't want to leave without talking about two things. And I know I rambled, I know I vented, but I wanted to share part of me with you guys. Because I appreciate you guys so much. And I really appreciate what you guys have, you know, done. Your your kindful thoughts, uh, your 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 harsh criticism sometimes, which is great. I love that stuff. Um, but there's two things I want to talk about, and it is Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. Let's talk about our first round picks, guys. Brandon Ayuk, who didn't play last week, and I know I probably sound like a fool. In your headphones over your radio right now when I said Javon Kinlaw. But, oh my goodness. Guys, we got something here. We got something. Forget Defoe. I know it hurts. I know it hurts to lose the captain. But forget Defoe. Forget Samuels. Or Sanders, excuse me. <laughs> uh, like, Ayuk is better right now. Not career-wise, obviously. But better than Emmanuel Sanders is. He is. Javon Kinlaw who obviously is not DeForest Buckner yet. He never will be DeForest Buckner. We cannot expect him to be DeForest Buckner. He's making a name for himself. He's going out there every Sunday, tearing it up, getting better, improving. And all the work we saw for 10 weeks of almost had a sack, almost had a sack. Yo, he almost got breeze. Oh, he almost got there. He had a sack against the Saints. Two weeks later, a pick six against the Rams? Like, um, who was the last 49ers rookie defensive lineman to have a pick six or an interception? Oh, wait, Nick freaking Bosa. Now, I don't know when the last time a team has had two first-round picks in back-to-back seasons have interceptions and one of them from, from rookie defensive lineman and one of them be a pick six. Like, uh... I don't know if that's ever happened. Like, these guys are doing things that, let's be honest here, I haven't seen for a long time. Now again, rookie season. But imagine Ayuk with, I'll just say, Garoppolo as his quarterback next year with the healthy Mostert and a healthy Jeff Wilson Jr. and a healthy uh, uh, Hasty and an improved offensive line because they're going to get better offensive linemen. We just know, we just know it. And with Kittle healthy, Ayuk and Samuel and Kendrick Bourne, 
Maybe somebody else who can come in. Maybe it's a fifth-round pick who's a burner on the outside. I don't know. Jalen Hurd, maybe. Like, 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 guys, I know it's really hard, and I, and I said I wanted to talk about now, and I really do. Like, I'm talking about now. But I'm saying is, now, the way Ayuk and Kinlaw are playing, it's getting me excited for next season. Getting me excited to see what they're going to look like with all of training camp, all of preseason, a full healthy roster. Because let me tell you now, Kinlaw and Ayuk are going to be cornerstones for this team. They'll be here long after Armstead's gone. It'll be Bosa and Kinlaw and Phil and the other edge rusher guy. It'll be Samuel and Ayuk and Phil and the quarterback and Kittle. Like, like man, like we got something here. And in, in a year like 2020, getting something, having something, feels pretty damn good. Like, in a year where I'm literally standing up in my room, looking at my bed, in, in my hot box of a, of a house in a room just thinking to myself we got something i'm i'm happy like 2020 has sucked but seeing javon kinlaw and brandon Ayuk progress gives me hope that 20 that the 2021 season ooh, just give me a chance even this season i'll do it again oh just give us a chance let us be. Let us be this. This maybe an eight seed of the playoffs. Let, let us be a seventh seed in the playoffs. And I guarantee you, we we have a chance to upset somebody. We can beat the Saints. We can beat the Packers. We can maybe even beat the Bucks. They're inconsistent too. We can beat the Cardinals. Now Seattle's really good. You know, maybe we can't beat Seattle, but we can beat the Panthers. We can beat the Vikings, we can beat the Bears, whoever it is. We can beat the Rams. There's only like three teams where I sit back and I go, I don't know. Like, give us a chance. The The title of this podcast episode is Uprising. And the reason why I'm going to call it that is because, one, there's younger guys like Ken Law and Ayuk and Samuel who are playing out of their minds. Debo Samuel had a phenomenal game on Sunday. He, Debo Samuel... And I said it before, he runs violently. He runs like he wants to pierce your soul. He runs like he engages your eyes and goes, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And like, that's so awesome. We have dogs. Kinlaw, you, like, we we got dogs who are young. Young guys in Shanahan's system that are dogs. If that doesn't get you hyped up, and excited, I have no idea what will. Now, maybe a win against the Bills will. Maybe a win against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and the Bills will. Maybe that's it. But before I go, before I let you guys head on your day, I, I want to talk about one more thing. And this podcast has been off the hip, off the rip, no notes. I just wanted to talk to you guys. From my heart to you, I'm scared. And I hate to end on a on a sad note, or a possibly sad note, but there is genuine worry and fear in my heart that Robert Sala will leave in the offseason. And it's going to hurt more than Buckner 
going to hurt more than Emmanuel Sanders. Going to hurt more than losing Bosa and losing Sherman due to injury. Going to hurt more than trading Quan if that hurt at all. Like, Robert Sala, despite all the criticism he gets, is the glue holding this team together. There's only so much Shanahan can do with C.J. Beathard or Hurt Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins. There's only so much he can do with McKinnon being the number one running back and an awful offensive line for eight out of the 13 weeks we've played football. There's only so much he can do. And Robert Sala has only had one bad game this year. Just one bad game. And that game is really... Technically, it's, it's against the Packers, but the game is really against the Dolphins where he had no secondary. Like, take the one game out. We're the number one defense in the NFL. And if we lose Robert Sala, and I, I, I'm not going to get into who, who can replace him or who's the next defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say D'Amico Ryan's linebacker coach could be. Maybe. I don't know. Vic Fangio. Maybe. I don't know. Sure, these guys have good chances. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Sala stays. I don't know. I would like to think Sala gives it one more year and say, look, 2020 was awful. I've proven my worth. And no team out there that I see is, is suitable for what I want to be as a head coach. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of as to why he doesn't leave. But again, you give me Sala, and like, let's say he leaves. The glue that has held this year, this 2020 year, the glue that... Or, or, or the, the backbone of this team is gone. And not, not in a way where it's like, oh, we don't have any players, but a way of like, we lost we lost the engine. We have the rest of the, 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 the train, but we, but we lost the engine. And we're sitting there like, damn. Like, we already lost Defoe. And it kind of made the icing on the cake of 2020, right? Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. You get an injury. You get an injury. You get an injury. Defoe's gone. Sanders is gone. You're hurt. You're hurt. You get a loss. You get a loss. You get a loss. You get a high ankle sprain. You get a high ankle sprain. Oh, and by the way, you also lose Robert Sala. Like, talk about the biggest slap in the face of 2021. Looks pretty good. And well, now you just lost arguably your most important coach. The man who has been the most consistent defensive coordinator in the NFL the last two seasons, and he was pretty good in 2018 as well. He doesn't have the pieces yet. So, again, I'm not going to get into who can replace him, because I'm just talking to you emotionally. It could be D'Amico Ryans, maybe Vic Fangio. I have no idea. But what I do know is, losing Robert Sala will be the biggest blow, the biggest gut punch to this team in 2020 and 2021. It's going to hurt more than losing Nick Bosa. It's going to hurt more than trading DeForest Buckner. It's going to hurt more than being 5-6 and six in Week 13 in a year in which you thought you'd be back in the freaking Super Bowl. It's going to hurt more than you think. Maybe you do think it'll hurt a lot, but I can tell you now, it's going to hurt a lot more than you think it'll hurt. Because I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking, oh god. Like, yeah, we'll still be good, but when the captain, when the engine is gone, you're left with no one to steer. No one to be the fuel. No one to 
to, to push you further, push you over the edge than where you are now. Your talent gets you a long way, but having a really good coach puts you over the edge. And that was the big difference between Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh. There's a reason why Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh are on two different paths now. Jim Harbaugh arguably had more talent in San Francisco. John Harbaugh was the better coach. Like, that's as simple as I can put it, guys. And with that note, I will give you my final prediction for this Sunday's game. It'll be tough. I think it'll be down to the wire. I think it's 31-24. The Bills win. I think it's really close into the fourth quarter, but I do think Nick Mullins falters just one time, but I think it's a big one time. And the Niners do fall back to 5-7. and seven. Then they have to play the Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see where we're at in a few weeks, guys. I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Again, like I already said, I am so thankful for you guys, and I really appreciate all of like what you guys do. And if you do me a huge favor, I've showed you how thankful I am to you. In return, would you mind showing your thanks for myself and everything I do here uh, all the hard work even if you hate my opinions and for some reason your friend told you hey listen to this podcast do you mind leaving a review leaving a like telling your friends and also follow us on social media instagram at 49ers.access and twitter 49ers underscore access guys you guys are wonderful you guys are awesome and I cannot wait for Monday night going to be awesome i'm gonna be pumped up i'll be wearing the jersey i'll be be flexing in the kitchen whenever we score and yelling you know let's go niners like that'll be me on monday night and i can't wait guys i hope it's a win i believe in this team it'll be close i hope my prediction is wrong because i really do want to win guys and until next time my name is sterling bennett and stay faithful